Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. The Nets are officially the 7th seed. They just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in the play-in tournament, the 7-8 game. The Nets will face the Boston Celtics once again, which ironically was the matchup last year, and ironically it was a 2-7, but the Nets happened to be the 2 seed last year and the Celtics were the 7. Different circumstances this time around. We'll talk about that series towards the end of this video, but I want to focus on the playing game versus Cleveland tonight. It wasn't that stressful of a game, thank God. Cleveland did cut it to a five or six point game with about five minutes to go, but the Nets had control for like 95% of this game, so it wasn't that bad and it wasn't that stressful, which was nice, but anyway, we'll talk about it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like, always helps out, and let's get into it. So this game started out great. The Nets had a 40-20 to 20 lead at the end of the first quarter, and things were looking great. There were a couple of transition buckets, the drum and dunk, the Kyrie layup. Kevin Durant had a couple of blocks in the first quarter they looked very engaged defensively the ball was moving offensively I think the only guy that really didn't do much was Seth Curry but I'll talk about him later because he really did have an impact on this game regardless of him scoring zero points in this game and being 0 for 4 but he definitely impacted the game based on the spacing but the stars were playing very well Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving it's always like a running joke as Nets fans those guys never play great in the same game I would say they played pretty damn great tonight. I mean, Kevin Durant had more of an all-around game. He was more of a passer in this one. Only had one turnover to 11 assists, which was great for KD. He was 9 of 16 from the floor, 25 points, the 11 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals, 5 rebounds. Kevin Durant was great all around. And Kyrie Irving was really carrying this offense for a lot of this game. We saw Kyrie started out like 12 for 12, his first 26 points. He didn't miss a shot. Then he missed a corner three that still barely missed. It was you know, a very tough attempt. He had some very tough looks in this game, by the way. So the fact that he went 12 for 12 to start out the game was crazy. The shot he made at the end of the second quarter right before halftime was crazy. It was a heavily contested like 15 to 20 foot jumper from the right corner somehow made it so Kyrie was awesome in this game and he was a good passer too 12 assists in this game did have four turnovers but Kyrie had some very impressive passes in this game so when you have a game where Irving and Durant have you know double digit assists things are going to go well most times and they were able to only have five turnovers combined which was nice I think Drummond had a pretty good first half. Didn't do that much in the second half. He had a quick two fouls, which was not what you want to see, of course. But Drummond definitely had an impact on this game. Some offensive rebounds and, and doing what he does. He tried a stupid behind-the-back pass, which, you know, sometimes Drummond makes a boneheaded play here and there. But for the most part, he was definitely key on the pick-and-roll. He had a 16.8 rebound game on 7 of 11 shooting. Bruce Brown was awesome in this game once again. I think his second half wasn't as great, but the first quarter especially, second quarter too. Bruce Brown was so big in this game. And honestly, in the fourth quarter, Bruce Brown had so many situations where he was so key on the floor because they were blitzing Durant, double teaming him near half court when he crossed half court. And KD would just bounce pass it to Bruce Brown. And Bruce Brown had to make a decision in a three on two. We would have Curry in the corner usually, or he would have Nick Claxton under the basket for an alley-oop. And we saw a couple of plays where Bruce Brown gave Nick Claxton an alley-oop, or we saw a couple plays where Bruce Brown was rolling to the basket and it was an easy dunk. So Bruce Brown kind of just opens up this offense, and I cannot believe like how crazy of a season it's been for him. They talked about during the broadcast how Steve Nash was talking to Bruce Brown around the All-Star break and basically said, you need to focus on the defense and the offense will come. And that was during the time when Bruce Brown didn't have a cemented role on this team and was fighting for minutes with James Johnson and um, who's the guy that went to the freaking Bucks, uh, Bembry, uh, DeAndre Bembry. So 
he was fighting for minutes with those guys, but then Bruce Brown all of a sudden, like, just the switch flipped for him after the All-Star break, and he became a very important player to this team. You can argue he is the third most important player while Ben Simmons is out, so Bruce Brown was awesome in this game. He was playing some on-ball defense on Darius Garland, made his life tough in the first half especially, so um, yeah, Bruce Brown's been just a pleasant surprise. I mean, he was last year, of course. We were not expecting much out of him last year. He was a surprise last year, but he has brought his game to a different level this year. He shot two of six from downtown, so adding that to his game and making teams respect his three-point shot definitely opens up this offense even more. Now, Seth Curry, I want to talk about as well because Seth was 0 for 4 in this game, didn't do much. He played 34 minutes and had zero points, but he was a plus five, and I have to mention him because Seth Curry being a shooting threat alone was opening up this offense. You can tell in the fourth quarter, they were having guys face guard Seth Curry in the corner. That's how concerned they were with leaving him wide open. So Seth Curry was getting face guarded. They would double team KD at half court and then all of a sudden, they had a three on two with Bruce Brown dribbling the ball to the rim with, once again, Nick Claxon for an alley-oop. You would have Kyrie Irving sometimes open on the wing. Like, Seth Curry adding just that name and that threat of being a great three-point shooter was forcing Cleveland to literally face guard him in the corner. So Seth Curry looking at the stat sheet, it's like, oh, the guy played like absolute garbage, but he still had an impact on this game based on his reputation, based on his shooting alone. So I think Seth definitely helped out this game, even though the stats will show otherwise. Nick Claxton, another guy that definitely helped out in this game. 29 minutes, 6 of 6, 9 rebounds. He had 13 points in this game. He had 5 blocks. 5 blocks for Nick Claxton. Katie had 3 blocks. I'm sure I mentioned that, but yeah. Nick Claxton, a couple of really nice rejections in this game, and to get a handful of them in a game like this, I mean, that definitely helped out. There were times where Nick Claxton was the weak side guy, came over to help. I think he blocked Kevin Love once. I think he blocked Garland once, and you know, Nick Claxton had one of his better all-around games as a Brooklyn Net. He did miss a free throw, I remember. Actually, no, he missed a lot. One of six from the line. That's got to change. You can't be one of six from the line, Nick, but outside of that, Claxton was awesome, and he made a jump shot. I mean, Nick Claxton made a jump shot um, towards the end of the second quarter, with the shot clock winding down, and it's like, I don't think I've seen a Nick Claxton jump shot since Kenny Atkinson was the coach. Like, he he was shooting jumpers in his rookie year when uh, Kenny Atkinson was here, but I have not seen a Nick Claxton jump shot this entire season. I don't remember it last year either. I feel like when Steve Nash came over here, he's like, Nick, you're not shooting no more. So I have not seen a Nick Claxton jump shot in a while, but you can tell from his college highlights, he did have a bit of a jump shot to his game. He showed it a bit in his rookie year, but he took, like, basically a transition top of the key right in front of the three-point line two-pointer, and Nick Claxton and hit the jump shot, so I was not expecting that. Kessler Edwards had a rough first playoff game, if you want to call it that. He played eight minutes, was 0 of 5. He just couldn't really find his shot. He missed four three-pointers. He tried to floater. He was short on it, so it was not really Kessler Edwards' game, but I don't know what type of role Edwards is going to have in the playoffs. Of course, the Nets waived James Johnson. Now they can't afford to play, or they, they're actually allowed to play Kessler Edwards in the playoffs, so we'll see what type of role he has, but it's not. It's definitely not guaranteed that Kessler Edwards has a big role in the playoffs, so he might only play six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes a night, so Whenever he gets out there, he's got to make his shots, and tonight was not that night, unfortunately. Goran Dragic, he came back for this game. He was out of protocol, which was a nice surprise we saw yesterday. It was kind of unexpected because we were not hearing anything about him. Then yesterday, 
around 7 o'clock or something, Goran Dragic was going to be available for this game. He made his first shot tonight, hit a three-pointer in the corner. He was one of three, only three points. But still, I mean, to have him as a veteran ball handler, it helped out there. He did only play 10 minutes, so it wasn't like he did that much. But, you know, I guess with Kyrie playing the way he was, there was not really a need. They had Bruce Brown playing point guard a lot too in this game, so maybe it was just like a matchup thing. Patty Mills was 2 of 5 from downtown. Those were the only shots he took. He was a plus 5. He had 5 rebounds, which is a lot for Patty Mills. You like seeing that. Did have one assist, so we're still getting the pretty good version of Patty Mills here. I mean, he made like a really long three-pointer from the right wing. I forget how far it was, but it was definitely a tough shot um, in the first quarter. So Patty Mills came out firing. He looked good, and hopefully playoff Patty's going to be a helpful piece to this Nets bench that you definitely need it. So... I mean, I think pretty much everybody played well in this game. I mean, just by looking at the stat sheet, you can look at Kessler Edwards and Seth Curry and maybe even Dragic and be like, yeah, they didn't do that much. But as I said, Seth Curry had his role. Of course, Kessler is going to help you on defense. Dragic just being that veteran presence, handling the ball when he's in there, that's going to help as well. And I think he made a big corner three when he first came in the game, Dragic, so that helped as well. But still, I mean, I think for the most part, most guys on this team had a very good game. and They definitely showed up. They came out the gates as I said they were winning 40 to 20 at the end of the first quarter and you can tell Steve Nash had them ready to go so I'm definitely impressed by that all right so let's transition now to kind of big picture stuff but for any Cavs fans watching if any are watching um I do kind of feel bad because injuries suck and you know I know that as a Nets fan having watched Kyrie and James Harden go down in the playoffs last year it's it's a very bad feeling you know if your team loses while they're healthy it's like okay you know it wasn't meant to be but when you lose because of injuries it's it's a very crappy feeling so not having Colin Sexton, not having Jared Allen, not having Ricky Rubio. It's it's a crappy feeling. So I do feel bad, but hopefully the Cavaliers can win their next game versus the Hawks or Hornets and, and get the eight seed. So you do hear a lot of people now, you know, the Nets haters out there, some of the Celtics fans too, are saying, oh, it took Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to have a perfect game and, and play some of their best games of the year, and they barely beat Cleveland. And it's like, okay, sure, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they both played very well. Did they play their best games of the year? No, I've seen Kevin Durant play better. I've seen Kyrie uh, Kyrie Irving play better, even though Kyrie was almost perfect tonight. But we have seen better games from each of those guys. But here's the part people like that are ignoring. Seth Curry, a guy that scores, I don't know, what, 15 points a night or something, had zero points tonight. So, like, you got nothing from Seth Curry scoring-wise. And the Nets shot 9 of 28 from three-point range. That's not happening very often. So for people that want to sit there and look like, huh, it took Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to play this well and win by only seven points versus the Cavs. It's like, yeah, okay, you have a point, but you also have to realize that we got nothing from a guy who scores 15 a night, and we shot 32% from three. Like, that's not going to happen every night. So I get why people would look down on that, but there's also more context involved. And as I just said, based on, you know, DraftKings, I think it was, the Nets are favored to win this series. Now, I do think it's going to be tough. I, I really don't, I'm not coming into this expecting to win. I just know it's going to be a very tough and hard fought series and it's going to come down to some crucial plays. I mean, I watched that podcast with Kevin Durant and JJ Redick the other day. They were talking about how it's it takes one or two plays to change the entire playoff series. And this feels like one of those series where it's going to be one or two plays that's going to change the entire storyline of this series. Like it might take a key block from Kevin Durant on Jason Tatum, or maybe there's a play where Al Horford hits a big corner three to give the Celtics the winning game three. I don't know. It feels like it's going to be one of those type of things where 
it's going to take a couple plays to change the entire dynamic of the series. So I can't sit here and make like an accurate prediction, I feel like. I, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see what's going to happen. I still think as a, a Nets fan, there's definitely a chance we win this series, especially with the Celtics not having Robert Williams. I just saw Bruce Brown make a comment about how Robert Williams is out and they can attack guys like Daniel Tice and Al Horford. And then Kevin Durant did not like that Bruce Brown said that. So I don't know. I feel like Bruce Brown's a very confident guy and kind of has no filter. So it is what it is. But I mean, Bruce Brown kind of has a point. Al Horford and Daniel Tice, while they're still not pushovers, they're definitely good players. They're not Robert Williams. Like Robert Williams is by far the best defensive big man Boston has. Of course, Marcus Smart's probably their best defender overall. The guy might win defensive player of the year as a guard, which does not happen very often. But Looking at Robert Williams, like he killed the Nets last time they played at Boston. He was catching lobs and he was blocking shots. He was, you know, altering shots. And I remember Kyrie played like crap in that game and Robert Williams contesting his shots at the rim was a big part of it. So not having the length of Robert Williams out there is definitely going to hurt Boston. We know that they're still playing well without him. But at the same time, I mean, for guys like Andre Drummond, guys like Nick Claxton, guys that want to drive to the basket like a Bruce Brown, a Kyrie Irving, not having Robert Williams' length there is definitely going to help. Um, Al Horford, for as good as he is and as great of a career he's had, is like 36, 37 years old, does not have the balance and the lift that he once did. Daniel Tice has just, you know, been a rotational guy throughout his career. He's been playing pretty well for the Celtics late but I do not fear those guys nearly as much as I do with Robert Williams. Now, the Nets' main problem here is can they stop Jason Tatum? Because it feels like every time Jason Tatum plays the Nets, he goes off for 50 points. And, like, they have to have a plan. The Nets now have four full days, pretty much five, but four full days to game plan for the Boston Celtics and figure out how to get the damn ball out of Jason Tatum's hand because I am so tired of watching Tatum drop 40, 50 points every time he plays the Nets. They have to make somebody else beat them. Marcus Smart's been a Nets killer. I feel like he makes a lot of three-pointers against us. Jalen Brown, of course, is a great player as well. But I do not want to see Jason Tatum be, you know, 19 for 24 and have 50 points. And it's, I just don't want that. Like, you have to find a way to make somebody else beat you. And if it comes down to Marcus Smart making his three-pointers, then all right, so be it. At least let that guy beat you. Don't let Jason Tatum absolutely destroy you like he did last time. And the Nets were just doing nothing defensively. The Celtics, I remember last time, were switching Jason Tatum offensively on the Seth Curry. He would take advantage of Seth Curry, who's not the best defender, and Jason Tatum was going off. So the Nets, the Nets have to find a way to counteract that and not let Jason Tatum kill them throughout the series. So I do think it's a toss-up, though. I do think anyone can win that series. Series. And, you know, I, obviously I think Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are going to show up in that. I know Kyrie did not play well versus Celtics last time at Boston, but I do think both of those guys step up. You look at, you know, who has the best players in the series. I mean, Kevin Durant's the best player in the series overall. I think Tatum is now better than Kyrie Irving, but the Nets have two of the best three players in this series. And that definitely says something, especially in the playoffs when your bench is not as deep. It might be eight or nine guys deep, but usually the superstars are the ones that really dictate the series. We know that. So it's going to take some good contributions from the Patty Mills type guys and guys like Goran Dragic and guys like, um, 
you know, Seth Curry, who I just mentioned. So, you know, Nick Claxton as well. So guys like that have to step up. But as long as Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are playing at a very high level, I do like our chances. You know, I mean, last time the Nets played Boston, it was the first time Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving played a game together in like a month and a half. And the Nets lost by six to a Celtics team that had Robert Williams on the road. They lost 126 to 120. And it took a Jason Tatum 54-point performance on an efficient shooting to win that game for Boston. So... I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Nets are better than the Celtics. No, but we've seen cases where the Nets will play them close, even with Jason Tatum having like a 50-point game. So um, I did see a Nets-Celtics game, the first game out of the All-Star break where the Celtics killed us, but we had nobody playing in that game. So we've seen it all. I, I do think recently the Celtics have played the Nets very well, but the Nets have not been at full strength very often. So we're going to see what's going to happen. I do hope it goes like last year. The Nets can win the series in five. That would be great, although that probably won't happen. But um, I do expect a six or seven game series, and we'll see what happens. But overall, I just feel good. As I said, I don't want to have, I said this last video, I don't want to have to lose tonight and then wait till like Thursday night, I think it would have been, or is it, yeah, or Friday night? I think it's Friday night that the next game is, but we would have had to wait until Friday night to find out the winner of the loser of the 7A versus the winner of 9-10. That would have been like a very strong stressful few days for me and I'm sure every other Nets fan out there. So I'm happy that we now have our spot. Would I have preferred to play the Miami Heat? Yes, but look, you can't lose a playing game on purpose. We know that. So the Nets don't care. Kevin Durant said it himself. We don't care who we play. Just throw the ball up and let's go. Like, we'll see what happens. But um, I wasn't feeling that stressed throughout the day about this game. Usually in a game like this, I would feel very stressed out throughout the day. The Yankees have been in a couple of wild card games in my lifetime. Like, you know, the, the basically one game elimination wild card games. And that stressed me out throughout the day. But today, I just felt I felt good about this game. I don't know why. I just was not worrying about it. And the Nets came out and destroyed them in the first quarter. As I said, it got a bit tight in the fourth, but I never was like actually nervous about losing this game. So it was nice to kind of have a stress-free Nets victory. Guys were playing well. And I forgot to mention this, but look, we may get Ben Simmons back. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Of course, you know, Steve Nash is going to play coy and not really say much and be like, oh, I don't know about Ben Simmons coming back. We have no idea. But I do think the Nets know something about Ben Simmons. And um, Sham Sharania said on Pat McAfee's show today that he would expect Ben Simmons to be back for at least game three assuming that Ben Simmons has no setbacks. So it seems like Ben Simmons is doing more right now. The Nets don't play until Sunday. That's when game one is. It's like a 3.30 game on Sunday. Um, I think that's Easter, actually. But yeah, so we have like four or five days more for Ben Simmons to get healthy. And hopefully, I'm not expecting him for game one, but you never know. I mean, we could, we could see something crazy happen here. But ultimately, I do expect Ben Simmons to play at some point this series, unless there's a setback. So We'll see what happens with that, but that's going to be very exciting, and I do like our chances a lot more if Ben Simmons can really play a, not like a pivotal role, but just give us 20 minutes and play good defense on Tatum and just make his life tough. Like, that's that's pretty much all you can ask for. So, it's going to help a lot, though, if we can get him out there. So, let's just hope Ben Simmons stays healthy, progresses well, ramps up, <laughs> does all that crap that the Nets want to see, but... Ultimately, I do think there is some urgency. We know that it's a seven versus two and we're the seven. So there's going to be some urgency in that Nets building. And I do think they will try to get Ben Simmons out there unless there was a setback once again. So anyway, 
that's going to do it for the video. Happy we got this win. It was definitely much needed. I did not want to go into that game on Friday and have to worry about the season being on the line. So now you have a best of seven to sort your crap out and make a game plan for Boston. By the way, they have to have a game plan. If, if Steve Nash has no game plan after having a four-day layoff, I'm going to be pissed. So please have a game plan to not let Jason Tatum kill you, how to attack this great Boston Celtics defense, and let's see something in game one, you know? So I probably won't talk to you guys until after game one. I think the only way I would make a Nets video is if like some crazy breaking news happens about Ben Simmons, like, oh my God, he's playing game one. Like I might make a video for that, but until, unless that happens, I probably won't make a Nets video until after game one's over, and hopefully we can react to a Nets victory and feel good about being up 1-0. So anyway, that's going to do it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time.